Welcome to Better Days Season 6. My name is Wesley Town, and I am so glad you are joining me today. Better Days is a listener-supported nonprofit seeking to bring hope, awareness, and education to the human experience of mental health and suffering. We aim to deconstruct misconceptions of what it means to be human and follow Jesus. If you'd like to learn more or support our work, you can check out our website, betterdaysfmly.co. Again, that's betterdaysfmly.co. Hi, Better Days family. I'm so glad that you joined me today for another conversation about anxiety. This week is part two of practices and tips that I've learned along the way with my anxiety. As I mentioned last week, I've experienced severe anxiety at different points in my adult life. I've lived with anxiety rooted in stress and social anxiety, and my wife has also and continues to live with very severe anxiety rooted in a brain condition and also social anxiety. I would like to mention something I also said last week. If your day-to-day life has been deeply affected by anxiety and you feel overwhelmed and paralyzed in this moment by your experience of anxiety, I want to encourage you to seek out medical help or a therapist. While this podcast may be helpful for things that I've learned, in no way is it a replacement for medical advice or therapy. I believe in doctors and therapists in this process, and I'm going to mention that in a few minutes. Here are the final four of 10 concepts and thoughts, or you could say tips, that have helped me with my anxiety. And I hope they're helpful for you. If you want to catch the previous six, listen to last week's podcast episode. So the first thought or concept today is stress can cause anxiety. Much of my anxiety and even panic attacks have been rooted in stress. Like me, you may be prone to anxiety because of ongoing perpetual stress in your life. Life can be so fast-paced, and we can put pressure on ourselves in life around, first, internal expectations. We could be perfectionists or high achievers or external expectations, the pressures that other people can inadvertently put on us, or certain pressures we may perceive from others in our mental narrative. Or maybe we just have layers of responsibility that can overwhelm us. I think of so many of you in this moment. You're a mom, now you're a teacher, and you're an employee. During the pandemic, all this is taking place in your home, and you're trying to juggle all of these uh, loads of responsibility, and you just feel overwhelmed and stressed. I have so much compassion on you in this moment. We're living in a stressful time, in a stressful moment in human history. Now, there is good stress, right? Think of like an athlete. I remember this. It's game day or the night before a game, and you just you just feel this surge of adrenaline, and you're really focused and concentrated thinking about the game and doing kind of a mem- mental map of how the game's going to play out and what you're going to do against the opponent. But That may be good for a moment to heighten our awareness and really cause us to focus and get into that game mindset. 
However, stress is not meant to last for an extended duration of time. And when it does, when it goes on and on and on, it becomes destructive. Stress is interesting because it can be triggered from real life situations or imagined circumstances. This is where we get into anxiety, worries, fears, obsessive concerns can actually trigger their stress response. As one clinical psychologist noted, stress and anxiety go together. Now, there's different phases of stress, and this is really helpful to understand just basic anatomy of stress. It's it's a concept that really is a tool for you. All of us have stressful circumstances. That's a phase of stress. We're in a situation, a circumstance that triggers our stress response, and we feel um, all the physiological changes that come with stress in our body. But after that circumstance that lasts a duration of time, there's a recovery phase where we recover from that stress response. We recover from that stressful circumstance or moment. But when stress continues, uh, it, it doesn't just last for a limited duration of time. We get into the exhaustion phase of stress. This is when stress is prolonged over time. It's not momentary. It's not circumstantial. It's in this continuum. And some of us, we live in that. I lived in that for so long. I was pushing and achieving and and working and creating more and more work because of just my visionary mind that uh, is wired into who I am, my personality. And so all of a sudden, I had so much going on, and it was good stuff. It wasn't bad stuff. It wasn't negative stuff. It was good stuff. People were being helped, hopefully, uh, encouraged. Um, lives were being transformed. However, I was dying inside because I was pushing, and and I was going, and I was achieving, and I continued to add more and more to my plate. And so I was living in this continuum of stress And my body, physiologically, was exhausted. And so I began to experience severe symptoms of anxiety, which then led to panic attacks, all rooted in just this high-demand, high-achieving personality mode lifestyle that I was living. And so for the first time in my life, I, I was having frequent panic attacks, and I had no idea why those panic attacks were occurring. What I had to learn is that when we're pushing and we're living in achievement and demand, we also have to have recovery. We also have to fill up. And that's why it's so important that all of us, especially in our world, which I think is frenetic and fast-paced, and we have so much stimuli around us, so much so many stressors, all of us have to learn stress management management tools. And all of us have to learn to create margin, to be human, to breathe and recover and fill up our mental, emotional, and spiritual tank in a consistent, rhythmic way. You know, it's interesting that some of us, we live in this stress continuum and it's almost like we're robotic. It's almost like we have 
somehow come to this concept that we're supposed to be people who only give out and never take in. But that's not the way we're wired. That's not the way we're designed. If we're only living in that push, high demand, achieve, go more, do, do, do phase, we're eventually going to lose energy and get sick and start to experience all the negative, destructive um, realities that result from living in ongoing perpetual stress. Number two is actually uh, similar to number one, but really, uh, in a way, I want to speak to leaders. But this also may be relevant to anyone and everyone. So let's just make this for all people. Self-care is one of the best practices for leaders who struggle with anxiety. And self-care is one of the best practices for anyone who struggles with anxiety. You know what's interesting in the Christian community Sometimes people communicate in such a way that makes us feel like self-care is selfish. Self-care is not selfish. Self-care is an act of love and humility. What do you mean by that, Wesley? Here's what I mean. You cannot love others well and lead others well if you're not well. I think this is such an important concept that I had to learn. I can't love others well and lead others well if I'm not well. And it's interesting that your leadership, my leadership, lives inside a human body, a physical, material structure that God designed. If your body's not well, if my body's not well, then my leadership and your leadership will not flourish. And you can say this in day-to-day life. Maybe your leadership is leading your kids at home. Maybe your leadership is, you know, managing employees at work. Maybe your leadership is you're starting a new business. Whatever it is, it could be different venues. Your leadership lives inside of your body. So you have to constantly be aware of this truth that if your body's not well, then your leadership's not going to flourish. And by saying your body's not well, what I'm really referring to is living without the reality of input and self-care and making sure that you are doing the things you need to do to be a fully alive, healthy human. And so for me, this means exercise, diet, and sleep. Exercising, you know, four to five times a week, eating a lot of vegetables, uh, whole grains, Um, staying away from sugar, salt, sodium, staying away from processed foods. This is all part of my value system so that I can be well. And then really maintaining very consistent sleep patterns and getting enough sleep, eight, nine hours of sleep a night. Uh, Sometimes I get less, but I I shoot for that. And I think this is really important. Self-care is one of the best practices for leaders who struggle with anxiety. And I want to encourage you to take care of yourself so that you can take care of others. Third, every person needs help and support at times, especially when we are experiencing an anxiety condition. So I want to encourage you to reach out to someone you trust. Find a relational home to process your anxiety experience, your anxiety condition. Talk to somebody about what you're experiencing. 
your thoughts maybe, your feelings, um, your physiological symptoms, what may be beneath your anxiety. Find someone that you trust and ask for support. Ask for prayer. Ask for a friendship where you can talk to them when you need to process or you're having a really challenging day with your anxiety. All of us, including myself, all of us need relationships that can provide empathy, care, and love when we are struggling. So don't be afraid to reach out to a friend, a family member, a mentor, a coach, somebody that you know you can trust and that will be an empathetic, loving, relational presence in your life as you try to process through your anxiety. And something else that I've learned in this relational support is that talking is healing. When we verbalize and name what we're experiencing, it is so helpful and healing. So I want to encourage you to do that if you're holding on and suppressing what you're experiencing. You haven't verbalized it and named it and talked about it to somebody that you know. I want to encourage you to do that. And then finally, the last concept or thought or tip today is this. Therapy and or medical help can change your life. You know, some people in the Christian community somehow think that the only help that we can get for human conditions in life is from God. Well, God didn't create this world to exist on just a vertical plane. He created this world to exist on a vertical and horizontal plane. That means he has gifted certain people to help people in certain ways. Sometimes you and I need professional help and guidance. Sometimes we need the help of a therapist to untangle our anxiety experience and the roots of it and learn tools how to be well and healthy and whole as a human who is struggling with anxiety. Sometimes anxiety is rooted in a medical condition. So getting tested by your doctor for common medical conditions that can cause anxiety can be enlightening, can bring clarity, can bring freedom. I'm a huge believer in people that understand different challenges of the human condition, like psychologists, therapists, doctors. There are trained people that have the background psychologically or medically to help people navigate challenges we face in our human condition. And I just want to encourage you, if you've heard and believe the stigma that you can't reach out for professional help, I want to encourage you, you should never feel ashamed to reach out for professional help. That might be the very um, venue and the very expertise that you need to be well, to get well, to uncover the root of why you're feeling the way that you're feeling. So I just want to encourage you, don't believe that stereotype and never be ashamed to reach out for help. I hope that these concepts, thoughts, tips over the last two weeks are encouraging, enlightening, and helpful for you. And I share about my anxiety challenges and experiences and condition that I have faced because I want you to know that it is okay to open up and to find help. Thanks for joining me today. 
I would love for you to help us to spread the word to bring hope for better days to as many people as possible. You can send the podcast link to your family and friends, post something on your social media, and write a review on iTunes. As well, go check out betterdaysfmly.co for more resources. I look forward to another conversation next week. Much love to you. There are better days ahead.